Yo. What's up? We have a different person joining the podcast this week. Usually it's the same group of people, but Sam Panionovich from WGN has been, he, he actually requested to be on the podcast. What's up with that? I submitted my request in June of 2014. It took until <laughs> Trump became elected president to get on this damn podcast. I just what? want you to know that. I never forgot. Well, I figured, you know, the world is just like, it, it's like a aftershock of the world. The Cubs won the World Series. Donald Trump is the president. So I figured now was the time to have you on. It makes total sense. Um, things have changed since then. I got a little bit taller, uh, put on a little bit more weight, and uh, I stopped eating uh, the Twix bars. So I finally kicked that longtime habit. But uh, it's good to be with you, man. I've been holding on forever. Do you think that the Cubs are to blame for Trump winning? Because by the Cubs Possibly. winning the World Series, they just shifted everything in the universe? How about those diehard White Sox fans that are Hillary fans, too? That has to be like the worst eight days in the history of their lives. I don't think they're correlated, um, but I do think that some people, uh, you know, they got a right hook, and then they got back up, and then they got a left hook. So, well, you know what? You're uh, right. I don't know if you know what? I, you're, I'm a diehard White Sox fan, and I voted for Hillary. You're right. The Cubs, like, the Cubs was just the first blow to the stomach, and, and, and I had, like, that small amount of depression. But now, did you watch Roseanne? No, I didn't. I don't watch Roseanne ever. Okay, well, there there was a sitcom called Roseanne, and Darlene was the girl on the show. And there were, like, two or three seasons when she was depressed. And the whole season, all she would do is wear black clothes and lay on the couch. Like, like that's, that's how I felt. Like, when I woke up today, I was like, what the fuck? Like, I, you just feel like you got punched in the stomach. But you're right. It, it's like the Cubs winning, which I thought was the end of the world back then. And now Trump winning. You're right. It's like the punch. Like I wasn't knocked out yet, but this like really knocked me out. And I don't, I don't want to talk about the you know the election on, on this podcast. It's boring. But I just want to say one thing. Just like you and I have talked about with Cubs fans, like you've won the World Series. Now shut the fuck up. I mean, Sox fans. And I can't, what's even worse than the Cubs fans who keep talking are the White Sox fans who are like, bro, welcome to the club. We got our title. Media, dude, I'm telling you what, I'm getting so sick and tired of social media, and we both have to use it for work. I have cut it down to Facebook and Twitter. I still have LinkedIn for some reason. I don't know why the fuck LinkedIn's I have the it. worst. I get bombarded for, uh, you know, people asking me for jobs. I've never met them in my life. You know, they want me to give them a job. So LinkedIn's weird. I also get, like, True Maker and Trunk Club. You know, like, all these girls want to come size me up and buy me a drink, and I think it's so weird. But uh, back to your point, Facebook is a joke. And, look, I I tried to say off it after the Cubs won because, you know, I'm a Sox fan. So let them have their moment. I don't need to be reading all these comments and, and, you know, hearing about dead relatives at the funeral. And, you know, like, I just – I don't need to see all that. And then – I probably unfriended and unfollowed and muted like a hundred people last night alone. I mean, election <laughs> night was just the worst. It was even worse than the World Series. So um, I hate this, you know, this notion that everybody needs to have a voice. Not only do they have to you know, have a voice, they have to broadcast it to the world to see. Like, I don't want to read all this shit. Yeah, and you brought up LinkedIn. There's nothing worse than getting that LinkedIn email where it says like, "You have three people who looked at your profile," and it's always the three creepiest people ever. Yeah, it's an ex-girlfriend, it's some fat guy with glasses with no hair, and it's like your old high school teacher. And it, it just, you just wonder, like, why do I have this? Is there a point for me to have LinkedIn? And the answer is no, because I've never benefited one way or the other. I just have it because work thinks that it's, you know, applicable and that we're out there and that we're showcased. But I, I have never gained one thing from LinkedIn. Yeah, I don't know what I'm showcasing on my LinkedIn profile, because I think it's updated from to like three years ago. 
So I, I don't I don't know what I could be showcasing. Like if someone boy, this Abe Cannon, he's really uh he's really doing great at Sirius XM. He's on Howard one hundred one. He's doing a great job. Like it's so far behind, it doesn't even know what I'm up to. And and, and there and the is be- a little funny loophole though. If you actually go on LinkedIn, and I have fun with this sometimes. You can endorse people for skills, and I've endorsed people for like breakfast making and piano moving, <laughs> and you know being a douche and just try to slip it in there and see if they don't notice it. Because when you look at LinkedIn, you click yes, you click yes. Oh, Patty, whatever wants you to uh, wants to endorse you, and you just hit accept. So I try and slip it in there sometimes, but uh, it's about as useless as it gets, man. And you know the internet is one of the worst places to go because you're on there for some. And then three hours later, you forgot what you were initially supposed to do. Are you one of those people who will send a message out and says, hey, uh, could you possibly endorse me on LinkedIn? I could really use an endorsement. never, never, never. Why would I do that? Why would you do that? (laughs) How do you, what does it mean? Like, oh, uh, I endorse Sam Panionovich for, and then it's always like anything with the word radio in it, Uh, radio broadcasting, radio production, radio frequency. Uh, like it just they, they just click on anything and I, I don't get it and, and then sometimes you get the pathetic email asking you for not not the thing where you just say you endorse their skills but what's it called or is it a testimonial on LinkedIn I don't know exactly what it's called but it plays into this whole millennial shit where I'm supposed to give you something even though I don't know you you know back in the day it used to be you would ask somebody for a letter of recommendation and they would handwrite it and that would be your reference or you would call somebody and ask and lay it out. Look, I'm trying to go for a job at here, and I want to do this, and I'm wondering if you could be my reference. Now, some little poindexter will email you. Never met the guy before, never met the girl before, and then they want you to, like, you know, have their back as they go to war. And I just, I don't understand it. But, uh, you know, people think that they should have all these things, and, and they don't earn anything. But is it even worse when you do know the person? Because then you feel like, oh, fuck. Now, now I have to, like... I have to do something. I have to either I have to either ignore the email, which I hate people who do that. But on LinkedIn, that's I think LinkedIn's the only place where I do ignore emails. And and, and half the time it's because I only check it once every three months. But then when I, I do check it, notifications going to my phone. I don't know how to turn them off. I feel like I have turned them off multiple times. It is weird. I, I tell you what, though, it's it's the ex girlfriends. It's you know the the person that you used to work with that like got fired and is asking you for a job back at that same company. And then it's just the people you have no idea that continuously look at your page. Like okay, like. You looked at it yesterday. You know what are you looking at it again for? You know what did you miss when you were perusing yesterday? So get out of my face with that. Do you remember when uh, you? What was I watching the other day? I was watching some TV show, and someone farted, and then the guy yelled out "doorknob." I'm, I'm sorry, he yelled out "safety." Oh, that's uh, it was Saturday Night Live. Do you remember that when you would say "safety"? Absolutely. Okay, so on Saturday Night Live, they did a, a sketch where someone farted, and he said "safety." But do you remember that back in the day, if you would fart, you would say safety. And if you didn't say safety before someone said doorknob, they would beat the shit out of you until you touched a doorknob. <laughs> you get like a stone cold stutter if you didn't reach that doorknob. And then you'd have the one friend, you know, playing goaltender in front of the door. Like oh, yeah. Like Crawford, you know, trying to fend you off. And then the other guys were like, you know, hammering you in the thigh. Well, one guy would grab your leg when you'd start running. And the other, like, three or four guys would just start beating the shit out of you. <laughs> like, what kind, what kind of game was that? I'll tell you what, man, the growing up in the wrestling era has been one of the most amazing things ever because, you know, if you look at people that watch wrestling from 1985, you can even go back to 1980, 
through 2000, I mean, the, the attitudes that those people have, that a lot of those just everyday people have from wrestling are amazing. I mean, think of how much we've changed as people because we watched that soap opera oh, yeah. and watched these guys beat the crap out of each other. I mean, Donald, Donald Trump got a stone-cold stunner at WrestleMania. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure some people voted for him because of that. But uh, the wrestling era shaped us in so many ways. And we used to beat the crap out of each other. How about this? Did you ever take ketchup and act like it was blood and show your mom your baby brother like he was all busted up? Oh, I yeah, we would, we I'm would, guilty of that. Yeah, we would do the fake blood. All the time. Yeah, she had a heart attack, but I mean, like, you know, I thought it was hilarious. Like, hey, let's just, you know, squeeze a bottle of ketchup on his forehead and, you know, act like oh, I, I never did that. in the basement. That's messed up. Like, you would scare your mom and, and make her think he was actually bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a weird game. I, I just forgot about that. Like, just for no reason. Someone yells out doorknob, and then you have to, like, fight for the doorknob. And, and they'd be grabbing your legs punching you in the face <laughs> it's crazy brutal, uh, brutal absolutely brutal but um that would then you, you had guys that turned into people that would never you know claim them yeah like somebody would slip one through the crowd and then you'd all look around and wonder who it was and then you'd want to fight that person even though you would never have any way to figure out who it was yeah um back to the cubs real quick i my mom told me a funny <laughs> i just thought of this because my mom speaking of little kids my mom told me a funny story that my little brother, who's, you know, he's he's older now, but when we were, he's like, I think, seven years younger than me. And my mom was asking him why he hates the Cubs so much. And he said, well, Abe told me never to like the Cubs. He said, we're a house who likes the White Sox. You must hate the Cubs your whole life. And, and my mom said that he said, and my, my brother Sam said, no, 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 you can like whoever you want, Mike. And he said, no. Or, or no, I said, no, this is a White Sox household. You will never like the Cubs. If you're ever around me, you will never be a Cubs fan. And I kind of feel bad that I forced this kid to be, uh, I mean, he's like 27 now. But I, I, I feel bad, or 28, I, I feel bad that I forced him to become a Cubs uh, White Sox fan. Because the the, 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 li- the life of a White Sox fan is not the easy road. It's like being a Mets fan or something. Yeah, or a New York Jets fan or, you know, a Los Angeles Angels fan instead of a Dodger fan. I, I feel what you're saying there. Um, did you apply this, you know, dictatorship over other things too, or was it just the baseball team? Like, did, did he have to eat all your broccoli? Did, <laughs> you know, did you have to get all the best stuff? Or did you just leave it at, like, baseball allegiances? Well, no, they were all kind of, like, when I would want something and I was lazy, I'd say, hey, I bet you can't, like, for, like, let's say I wanted a drink or something. Hey, Mike, go get me something to drink. He'd be like, no. And I'd be like, I bet you can't do it in 10 seconds. He'd say, yeah, I could. Like, bet you can't. And then I'd yell, go! And I'd start counting, 10, 9. And he'd always get up and, like, sprint into the kitchen and get whatever I wanted. <laughs> Roll an ankle to get you a Dr. Pepper. Oh, yeah, exactly. And, like, that's another fucked up thing I did. Like, what a lazy, fat prick. I was, like, 13 years old laying on my laying on the couch. Like, no wonder why I was fat. I couldn't get watching up to the White get a... Sox too. Probably you were probably watching Hawk Harrelson. Oh yeah, I was eating probably a bag of Doritos. Oh, I need something to drink with these Doritos. Playing like Tecmo Super Bowl, laying on the couch in a socks hat. I had to laugh. I don't know if you caught this. Hawk Harrelson's up for the Ford Frick Award, which is for excellence in broadcasting. Hawk Harrelson can't see anymore. I don't know how many Sox games you watched this year. There were a couple times. The Sox were out in Oakland, right? This is early April. It's early in the season. You know, Hawk's eyes are fresh. He isn't working all that much. And somebody hits a ball, and I'm watching on television, and you can tell off the bat it's gone. 
right, from where you are on TV. Hawk is in the ballpark, and he says, and there's a can of corn, and you see the ball soar like 450 feet. And Hawk literally, this was the quote, can of corn, and gone. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this ball, Abe, this ball is almost hit out of the stadium. That should be the like, clip you, they use for his like his like his package, his his reel or whatever. The show is a great broadcaster. You, oh, he just tells you, you know, he invented the batting glove that comes up once a like once a week, and you know he always brings up Carl Yastrzemski and Mickey Mantle, and uh, he's he's a beauty. But those Southside Sox fans, we know and we love our Hawk. Oh, I, yeah, I love Hawk. But it is it is it is a hard life. Being a Sox fan is a hard life. It just it, we we. I mean, I I would never become a Cubs. I just can't become a Cubs fan. But it is we did choose the hard life. Like it's like taking a job working at a quarry or something. Like you followed the family business. Like yeah, my dad worked at the quarry. My grandpa. So now I'm going to work at the quarry. Or if you're a coal miner, you continue in that tradition. That's kind of like what it's like for us to be Sox fans. I would have never compared it to working in a quarry, but I, I guess it makes more and more sense now that I think about it. Yeah, I, we always, but it, it's always some relative's fault, isn't it? Like you didn't just wake up one day and become a White Sox fan. It's because either your father or your uncle or your older brother or your grandfather. No, like not somebody. for me. It's weird. We pick because we were on the South Side, of course, so everyone's a Sox fan. But I mean, we just were Sox fans on our own. We didn't have anyone that like push the socks on us like we chose the white side as a matter of fact my grandpa was a cubs fan so i don't know how we took this route but i mean i you know i'm happy to be a socks fan i'm just saying that it's you know in retrospect the easier life is being the cubs fan. you weren't happy watching that cubs world series but i know that for a fact were you happier how about this were you happier when chapman gave up the two-run homer or were you more sad when they when they actually won? Which extreme was worse? Well, I fell asleep. It was six three Cubs. I fell asleep. I I had ninety seven text messages, literally ninety seven. Either people talking shit or people who were happy. And it said, "Oh my God, it's tied up!" And I was like, "What?" So I, I the TV was still on, and it it was at a commercial when I woke up. And when it came back, they're like, "Oh my God, it's six six And then that rain delay happened, and I almost wish I would have just stayed asleep because me waking up, it like gave me this new hope and then they ended up losing anyway. So you woke up to see them win. Yeah. I, I so I fell asleep when the Cubs were winning six, three, I woke up and it was tied up. It went to a rain delay. I, my TV was still on. So I just rewound the, the DVR thing, watched that inning. By the time that inning was over, the rain delay was over. And then I just ba- basically watched the Cubs win. <laughs> I wish oh, I would have so seen. You, saw the wor- you got the absolute worst of it. Yeah, I didn't even. I didn't get to see the comeback live. And and I mean, who, when you were watching, did you have any idea they'd even come back and tie it up? You thought it was over. I thought it was over. Yeah, especially when they brought in Chapman. You know, he breezed through. You know, a couple guys. Uh, I think he struck the first guy out, but then he gave up a double. Um, and then you see this guy Rajay Davis, who's like 140 pounds or something. And I'm like, there's no way he's going to hit a home run. But but that would be so Cubs. It would be the most Cub thing in all of Cubdom if this little guy hits a home run, and he did. And he hit and he a home fucked up with- earlier in the game. He made errors and stuff in the game earlier on. He did. He did. I, I tell you what, I, I really thought that, uh, like, I actually jumped out of the couch when that happened. And that should tell you everything you need to know. Like, I try and keep it objective, and I, I try and, you know, go down the middle.
or whatever. But when he hit that ball off Chapman and that game was tied, I jumped out of my seat. And it wasn't because I'm a Cub fan, if you catch my drift. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a weird uh, – and you almost feel bad. Because you like when you see an election and stuff, you realize there's other things to worry about. And then when you see five million people showed up, you see all the old people crying. It's like, why am I so upset that the Cubs won? Like, I mean, I, I am, but it's weird that you have that feeling. Like, why can't you just be happy for this 98 year old guy? Oh, oh, I've been waiting my whole life. Oh, now I could die happy. Oh. Which actually, would you want to die happy? Like, if you're a Cubs fan and you're that old, wouldn't you want to? Or I, I guess you're, I don't know. It's almost like now you're going to die. Because, like, do you ever see when people... person, I'm trying to remember where it was. Somebody told the nurse to, you know, okay, you can pull the plug out now, like, after the game is over. <laughs> Ten minutes after the game is over, go ahead. I'm done. I've seen it all. Like, I don't need to see another thing. Like, that's my last memory of life. Yank that plug out, Nancy. Um, so that actually happened. I, I'm not going to say I was upset that they won, and I certainly was happy. You know, there was nothing like watching those videos of the 85, 90, 95-year-old Cub fans. Like, they're being videotaped by their grandkids. And oh, yeah, it was the This best. is real time. You know, this isn't staged. They did it! They did it! Yeah, yeah, and they're, like, hugging each other, and, like, their walkers are tipping over, and, and, like, that's great. That's outstanding stuff, and I think that's what makes sports so powerful. I mean, people always talk about religion and politics, and those are certainly way more important than sports. I mean, sports are way under that rung, but you can get the emotion and the passion in sports just as much as you can in anything else, whether it's win or lose, or it's, you know, heartbreak or elation. There are so many emotions in sports, and, you know, I was happy to see them win, um, but I certainly wasn't rooting for and the worst part about the Cub thing is the text I got from all these little beer muscle Napoleons. I'm talking like two in the morning, three in the morning. Oh yeah, talking smack. I, I wasn't going to sleep. Somebody texted me like, "How the fuck does it feel, pussy? How the fuck does it feel?" <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, "What? Like, what did I do?" And he goes, "I know you were rooting against the Cubs. I know you were rooting against Cubs. Suck my dick." And wow. I'm seriously, like, I, I'm not even like. I think I might have even sent you the transcript. Yeah, you did. Um, it's weird. It's weird that when his team wins after his entire life, his first order of business is to text you, and that tells you all you need to know. And that goes for Sox fans too. I know a lot of scumbag Sox fans that act the exact same way. And definitely, it, it says a lot about you as a person if your first order of business is to text someone and gloat, just like with the election. It's like okay, Donald Trump won. Now let's see him do everything that you, you, you talk shit about Obama for eight years. So now Donald Trump has the opportunity to fix everything that you hated with the country. So now stop crying about Obama. So if you're a Sox fan or you're a Cubs fan, just stop. It's over. Like enough already. The Cubs won. The Cubs fans should be happy, but they shouldn't also say, and by the way, fuck the White Sox. Fuck all you this pussy. This was unprovoked. This was the worst of all evils. I didn't even say anything. I didn't I didn't text him about the Cubs all season. We're talking like, you know, months had gone by. I think I think the last text between us was about, you know, like going out to a restaurant in July. So it was, you know, completely <laughs> yeah, it's unprovoked. Yeah, it's not like you've been provoking him all season or anything. He just out of nowhere, fuck that Sam Panionovich. I'm going to get him. Fuck this guy. <laughs> 
which, you know, I understand some people have the right to do that, but it should be warranted. But the, the, it's just it's how people are wired now, man. They, you know, they're keyboard warriors. Uh, they don't say anything to your face, and it's either via text with your thumbs or it's, you know, with your hands on the keyboard. Say whatever you want, and then there's no repercussions because, you know, people don't do anything. They just sit wherever they're at, and they don't come face you front on. What do you think about Pete Rose's commentary and work during the World Series? I thought it was evident that Pete Rose bet on the losing team every night. <laughs> you know who else bet? You know who else bet on the losing team every night? Me. Every game, every game when I I took the Indians, the Cubs won. And then the game where I woke up, the Cubs won. Like I'm pretty sure I jinxed the Indians. Which is if you're a Cubs fan, you should be thanking me because I'm responsible. I bet against the Cubs two games. They lost. The uh, the Cubs won both those games. I bet on another game during one of the other series, uh, I think against uh, the Giants. It was game, what was it? Game one against the Giants, I think, and, and I lost that. Whatever. I, I, I lost three games when I bet against the Cubs, and then every time I'd bet against the Cubs, the Cubs would lose the next game. Pete Rose was so pissed. It was after game one, and this is a team that had won 103 games in the regular season. They're in the World Series. They're here for a reason. And With their number one pitcher? One. Yeah, it was like, yeah, they're facing Corey Kluber, a guy who won a Cy Young and, and is really, really good. And the Cubs lost, I think it was 6-1, to one, or maybe it was 6 to nothing. They didn't do shit at the plate. And they cut the Pete Rose. He's like, I don't understand how this team just can't hit. They can't hit anything. They're going to get – you know, and then the next game, and the next game you could tell he bet on the Indians, and the Cubs won like 9-3. to three. And he's saying like, oh, I don't understand how Cleveland – you got the momentum, you had every chance to go up to nothing. What's wrong with this yeah. Cleveland team? So he would just be on the wrong side of every yeah. game, and you could tell that through the analysis. Yeah, you, you know, and, and you know those final three games he bet like – like ten grand against the Cubs, and he bet like to double. Now I'm gonna bet twenty, and you know in that third game he bet forty grand to try to recoup everything, and uh, you know it didn't work out. You know Pete Rose right now actually probably someone's beating the shit out of him. I want my fucking money, Pete. I know you got it. I know you signed that Fox deal, Pete. I want my fucking money. Hey, he should hey, still I'll be in the you. Hall of Fame, though, man. There should look. There should be a cheater's wing, or there should be, you, you know, like you're telling me, twenty, twenty five, thirty years from now, when you know it's either your son or your daughter, or it's like a nephew or niece, and you know you bring them through Cooperstown, and then all of a sudden there's just a question mark from 1996 <laughs> yeah. to 2003. You know, exactly. like, you know, Uncle Abe, what happened? And then you well, have to explain everything. Like it shouldn't be that way. Well, well son, this was called the steroid a, era. <laughs> I mean, it's not a character Hall of Fame. You got racists in the Hall of Fame. You got guys that used to beat up blacks. I mean, like, this, <laughs> exactly. let's, let's not all of a sudden, let's not act like this is a character Hall of Fame. Look, Pete Rose bet on baseball. You know, was it illegal? Yes, but it wasn't like the worst thing in the world. There are way worse people in the Hall of Fame than Pete Rose. Wasn't Ty Cobb like the biggest piece of shit ever? I mean, yeah, and even that's been debated lately. But, I mean, you, you had some really, really racist people uh, playing in the 1900s and, you know, in the 1910s and 20s. So, you know, the fact that some guy bet on baseball and was always on his team, I guess, wasn't ever against his team. And then you got Sosa and McGuire and Barry Bonds and Clemens. And it's like, I don't think they should be in cleanly, like put an asterisk or, or put them in a, a cheater's wing or whatever. But you can't ignore history. Yeah, especially when Barry Bonds is the home run king. Like, how do you say, well, he's not in yet. Uh, you're right. I, but how do you do that? Well, these are the guys who we think cheated, but here they are. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to do that. 
I don't know if it's that hard. I mean, you have some guys that have already tested positive, so you know some of them are never going to, like Alex Rodriguez will never go in. Palmero. Um, and, yeah, I mean, Palmero, and he, I did not do steroids. Period. You know, I love sending like that picture when, when I'm when I'm texting with a friend who's a liar. I always send that picture of Rafael Palmero pointing. <laughs> I did not oh. do steroids. Where's camera? Camera one. Get right here. I did not do steroids. Literally, literally the next day he tested positive for steroids. <laughs> yeah. It was literally the news. Literally the next day. Slugger Rafael Palmero has tested positive for steroids. You're like, wait a minute. But it was, it, it was the next day. Like, how did that happen? <laughs> Literally the next day he tested positive for steroids. That's Rafael Palmero calling me now. Fuck, wait, hang on. Oh, shit. He, I think he heard this. He's listening, oh, on, he's listening on the I live. Go. He's, listen, <laughs> he's listening on the live feed. Oh, shit. He said, eat a dick. Oh, fuck. I thought he'd be a little more vulgar than that. He's Italian. <laughs> Is he Italian? Palmero? Hang on, let me look that up. I thought he was Hispanic. Rafael Palmero? Is he Wait Italian? No, he's from Kenya. Wait a minute, I thought he was Hispanic. I'm almost positive he's yeah, Italian. He's, yeah, he's Cuban. I don't know about that. I, don't, I just I looked that. it up. He's born in Havana, I Cuba. I, Wikipedia wouldn't lie. I want to know if he had, like, but his parents had to be from Italian descent. Dude, he's born in Havana, Cuba. He's Cuban. No way. You're making this up. Rafael Palmero. No, he's Cuban. I, I, I knew he was Hispanic in some way. Dude, he spoke Spanish. <laughs> I think, I think we, have all, our, do we have our Palmeros mixed up. Do you have Orlando Palmero? <laughs> Let's see, early life. He was born in Havana, Cuba, and graduated from Miami Jackson High School in Miami, Florida. Yeah. Cuban. Interesting. Well, now my credibility is through the ceiling. Right? You, know what, you know what's hilarious? On his Wikipedia page, like, okay, so here's some of the sections. College, minor league career, post-career, steroids. <laughs> like, there's a, heading, there's a heading just called steroids. Wait, that's actually like a tab, like a section? Oh, yeah. Go on his Wikipedia page. Rafael Palmero. You, you, you should read up on him since you thought he was uh, Italian. Well, hey, what I'm is he, a Rangers, that's why I voted for Trump. <laughs> you know what's funny? Former Rangers teammate Jose Canseco identified Palmero as a fellow steroid user in his 2005 book, Juiced. Let me start by telling you this. I have never used steroids, period. I don't know how to say it any more clearly than that. Never. Wow. <laughs> Three Lit- months later, Palmero tested positive. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, the way I remember it is it was literally the next day. When he was in court pointing the finger, the next day after that, he tested positive for steroids. You know, men- you know, when I was a little kid, I remember thinking, it's funny that you think Palmero was Italian. Because I remember when I was seven. You know when you're a little kid? And, and you're a little bit younger than me, but when I was a little kid, I just assumed everyone who wasn't black was white. Because, like, I wasn't really exposed to anyone who was Mexican or Latino or whatever. When I, you know, this is back in, ni- when I was seven years old, it was 1988, 88, 89. And I remember Jose Canseco, I always thought he was white. Just because you're a stupid little kid. And you just assume there's black people and white people. Back then, that's all you knew of. Well, a little different for me because I grew up on the southeast side and I actually played 
small fry basketball at Rowan Park with like the most diverse group of six year old kids you could find anywhere <laughs> in Chicago. It was like I mean, uh, had, like the Cosby Show, Theo Huxtable's friends, like one of well, every no, race. I mean, it was. I'd say it was probably like that area, and that well, more specifically, that league was probably sixty percent white, uh, maybe like no, maybe fifty five percent white, about. 25% black and then, you know, the rest Hispanic. So we had a, a good little mix there. And I, I had kids, you know, some of my earliest friends were of different color skin. So uh, I'm lucky in that sense that I've always been able to be around different people and meet different people. And I think that's why I sort of transitioned so well with so many different people. Like I, I can bounce around a room and have a conversation with pretty much everybody in there. And I think that's mostly because of the way I was raised. So it's a little different for me. Well, but no, we had, we had Mexican saying. kids like, in my class though. Like, I had a girl named Letitia in my class. I had like three or four other Mexican kids. I just thought they were all white. Like I didn't I didn't know. I just assumed anyone who was brown or white was just white and then black people were black. I didn't know Jose <clears throat> Jose can cuz I remember we were reading a book and 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 I I was all happy because the teacher was like, "Say anyone how to pronounce that name?" I'm like, "Jose, it's Jose." Like Jose Canseco. And then the Mexican girl was like, "Jose Canseco." Like she said it with the accent. And then <laughs> with, I mean, the, with the two of these, with the uh, accent mark, yeah, Jose Seco, and I hate that too. When someone they speak perfect English, they'll be like, you know, uh, so we're in Chicago, and uh, Miguel Rodriguez uh, walked by. Like, why do you have to toss in the accent just for the name? And, and the worst than that are people who aren't even Latino who do that, like a white guy. Yeah, so I was. Uh, the weather today is very nice, and we talked to. Estela Gonzalez, and uh, she said that, uh, that we're planning on seeing a tornado this weekend. I mean, why why do you feel the need to do that? You're speaking in English, so why do you throw in those accents? Our high school dean was of uh, Hispanic descent, and he would read the jug list like at lunch. The what? And oh, is that detentions, like, right? Well, there was detentions, and then if you did something really bad, you got a jug. Um, or if you had, like, three detentions, that turned into a jug, which was on a Saturday from, like, 7 to 11 in the morning. Oh, yeah, Saturday, so, yeah, Saturday detention. If, if you really messed up, you got a Saturday jug. And he would read the jug list on Friday at lunch, and it would be like, Dave Smith. And remember, his last name was, uh, I think it was Aguilar. So, you know, he, there's some, you know, there's some dissent there. It would be like, Dave Smith. Jason Carr, Ryan Roberts, Emilio Contero, <laughs> and like everybody would just kind of like laugh, and then he'd get so mad. But you know, he would play into uh, the names, and that's exactly what you're talking about. You know, Pablo Marichal. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it'd be Dan Gonzalez, Burn. Miguel Gonzalez, Sam Panianovich. Uh, <laughs> did you? Were you one of those kids in school? Were you like the guy who would read the announcements? Or, uh, or, or like, would you say like the Pledge of Allegiance over the intercom? Did you do any of that kind of stuff? I never did that. No, growing up, I never did. Were you an AV boy ever in grade school? No. No, I played sports mostly until I got to uh, no, 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 my this sophomore not, year. This has nothing to do with sports. It's just like there was always a kid who would like go and get the TVs. It was like they would actually give it to like the biggest guys in the class, like the, the, I, I get not strongest, but like, it was always like guys who could like handle themselves, I guess. Cause I guess they thought some little twink pussy couldn't push a, a TV to a room, <laughs> but like, 
I was always an AV boy. So like I would my, my friend Danny Gaga and I were the AV boys. So we would always lie. We would tell the teacher, "Yeah, we have three assignments today. One at it was all at like the times we wanted to leave class. We have one at 11, one at 1:30 and one at 2." So like we would just sit in this closet for like 9 minutes and then go back to class. And then when we'd that's have to pretty, when we'd have to deliver know, is that, that's not a cool moment. I wouldn't bring that up. It's awesome. To get out of school, there's nothing when you're in grade school, the best thing ever is to not be in class. Like you're hanging out in like a weird area of the school and and you're not in class. You don't think that's cool? We used to have a kid in grade school. He was so good. I don't know what he's doing now. It's been probably 20 years. He moved away when we were I don't know like seven years old or something, but he found a, uh, a loophole uh, in the school attendance. He would just start, if he wanted to go home, he would start eating crayons. <laughs> and, and, he, and he would get caught, you know, and he'd be two or three crayons deep, and he would, you know, bite them in half and chew them and, and eat the crayons, and then the teacher would send him to the nurse, and the nurse would send him home. <laughs> would you put a crayon in your mouth, too, trying to go home? Uh, you know, if this, you know, if I didn't study for my, uh, you know, the letter A test, yeah, I probably would have pulled the plug on, uh, on a couple crayons, but no, I, 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 I mean, he was a genius. I mean, I went, can you do that at work now? If you start eating crayons at work, <laughs> you go home? It's, a, it's ridiculous. You know, I used to do that, not with crayons, but anytime a kid would puke in class, I would fake puke. I'd be like, Ugh. <laughs> and it would always, it would always be like, just, it looked like bile, like, cause I couldn't puke. So I'd be like, "Oh, I puked over there on my desk." It, it just—it looked like pretty much looked like I just spit on the desk. Uh, Miss Raglan, I need to go home. I just puked. Where's it at? Oh, right there. And it was always just like it looked like spit because I would for, try to put my finger down my throat and I couldn't puke. No, that's what you needed. Like a handful of like raw spaghettios in your pocket, yeah, you know, just throw them in there. You know, at any time of crisis, and then just spew that back out. That would be uh, that's an A plus right there. And then they come, they come in with the wood chips to clean up the puke. You guys had that, right? <laughs> I thought you meant with the wood chips when they would check uh, they would check everybody's hair for lice, and that one kid would get lice. Remember, like back in like second or third grade, they'd come in with like you know popsicle sticks and dig through your scalp. Did you ever have that? Oh yeah, we had that every. And then worse than that was in eighth grade when this kid John smelled like fucking bo, and instead of just taking him to the side and giving him deodorant, they embarrassed all the boys in front of the class. And they gave each boy a stick of deodorant instead of because everyone knew it was him. He stunk, and the teacher's like, "You know, guys, uh, hygiene's very important now. Now that you're becoming young men, and everyone needs to start using this product called deodorant." And everyone else had been using it already, except for this this disgusting kid who just he stunk like so bad. And I don't even think he used it. Like everyone else was using it, and I don't even think he used the deodorant after they had to make a spectacle. Because you know that's embarrassing. All the girls are sitting there, and they're like, "God, these boys are disgusting losers." You know what? When I went to high school, and, and you might laugh at this off the off the cuff, but I actually didn't mind going to an all boys high school. Um, Why? Well, so did I. I. I went to an all guys uh, Catholic high school too. Yeah, I mean, you know, we didn't have to dress up. We didn't have to impress anybody. And, you know, when you get all those guys, those testosterone-driven guys, uh, a lot of the school is, you know, football players. I didn't play football, but it's like football players, track runners, basketball players, baseball players, like you know, all of the sports that were popular. You'd have, like, all those guys who, like, beat the crap out of each other in morning workouts and then, like, worked out at lunch. And then, like, you know, it, it was just like a zoo for, for people. And I, I used to feel bad for some of the young female teachers that would come in and – Oh yeah, you know, every, we, yeah. We 
we'd always get in trouble. And it wasn't even like, you know, it'd be just two or three bad apples and everybody would just kind of like tag along. Um, but we didn't have to like smell nice. We didn't need to get haircuts. Um, you know, the shoes could be a little weak and we could bend them in the back. And, and uh, you know, I probably would have been better to have girls, but it wasn't all that bad without them because you would see them on the weekends anyways. Yeah, there were girls. Then there was, we had Queen of Peace right next door to our school, but there was a, a teacher named Miss Bazookas who was disgusting. But when it's the only female teachers, all the guys are talking about, man, I want to bang Miss Bazookas in the closet. I want to get her in the closet and bang her, man. Uh, you, you know, you know, I was in the closet last week with Miss Bazookas, right? Yeah, I took That's her intense. in. I don't, I don't know if we talked about it all that intensely, but uh, no, they were, you know, it, it was it was unfair. And in fact, two of the teachers even quit. Um, one of them was like this 30 year old um, who came, who had like background, like, you know, going to Africa and doing missions and all this stuff. And she was very <laughs> peaceful. And, and she had this thing. It was probably about, I don't know, seven feet high. It was made out of felt and it had like, like marbles inside. It was kind of like a rain stick. And whenever she wanted the class to be quiet, she would go into the closet and pull out this rain stick and like turn it upside down and everybody would just bust out laughing at her, you know, <laughs> just like, like you think that that's going to get us to be like, you got to threaten us with some punishment, lady. Come on. Well, we had, we had two people like that in grade school, the librarian, Miss Bazookas, she had this huge encyclopedia and she would go like, she would slam it on the table and she'd say, put your hands on your head. <laughs> anytime, anytime people were like because she she was the worst teacher ever and it would get so out of hand before she would slam that encyclopedia down like every no one would even <laughs> do you ever notice like a bad teacher completely loses control of the class like it's not like you and i talking it's first it starts out two people talking then you hear six before you know it the whole class is talking to each other while she's trying to tell you something so at that point it's like she would wait till it got that out of hand and then she'd be like all right, put your hands on your head. So you just can't yell that because that's just going to create more laughter. Like, oh, yeah. I, I, like that. Oh, I couldn't that stop laughing. Oh, that opens up the floodgate. In fact, we had this one poor soul who came in, and uh, it was his first year at the school, and, and, you, and like the class knows right away who the marks are, right? I mean, you know, you know what you can get away with and how far you can push some of these teachers. And uh, this poor guy, I mean, we used to throw paper balls at each other, and <laughs> you know, it was like a silent study hall. He, he would make it silent study hall. So what we would do is we would ball up little pieces of paper and throw them across the room, and hit somebody uh, across the class and he would look up and the ball would have already landed so he'd, he'd miss the toss um, then he would catch a couple and he'd say if I see one more paper ball and before he could even say the word ball balls are thrown at him like 10, 20 you know, at a <laughs> And then he just looked on and go, guys, guys, don't make me send you to go see the dean. And then, you know, it just, like, he wasn't going to do it because he just didn't know what to do. He didn't know how to handle it. But uh, I looking back, I mean, that's kind of mean. Not oh, thing. yeah. We had a teacher, Mr. Coker, and every time, well, first of all, we would always start rotating the desks into the front corner of the room. So we would all move them up like an inch. And then he would turn around and like literally all the desks were in the front, like 25% corner of the room. Get back! Move your desks back! But he wouldn't, he wouldn't notice it till all the desks were like pretty much we were on top of each other in the corner of the room and we would always throw I, I, we had an acorn tree when we'd go out to lunch so i'd always throw acorns at the board while he was like writing stuff and and uh then we started throwing super balls 
So like he'd be like writing on the board. You would whip a Super Bowl at the board. He half the time he would he'd ignore it. But the best was we we found a condom outside, and we had mayo packets at lunch. So I filled it up with like eight mayonnaise packets. And in the middle of the class, I threw it. I threw, I threw, I threw this condom full of mayo, and. He ignored it. Like he, I don't know if he didn't see it or what, but like in the middle of the class, he just looked down, picked it up, and he's like, "Thanks, thanks a lot, thanks a lot." So, I don't know if he thought it was cum or what, but it was. Oh it was, man, it was, you know, this is probably why this country is so messed up because we acted like shitheads when we were fifteen. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. Like your older listeners right now are thinking, like, "Wow, I used to get the ruler if I sneezed." You know, like right across the face if you, you know if you even spoke up and out of turn well do you remember that we had a teacher in in third grade miss raglan and her daughter was in the school she was in like first or second grade and she, anytime she did something bad she would bring her in our class and beat the shit out of her in front of us with a ruler <sighs> I, hey ruler abuse is real I, I i understand ruler abuse. i had welts for weeks uh, from some of the rulers I used to get, but I, in front of the class, like to send a message, like if I do this to my daughter, what do you think I'll do to you? Is that well, what that is? Pretty, her name was Onita. She's like, Onita, Onita, you never listen, girl. You never listen, girl. And she would beat the, like with a yardstick. She'd beat the shit out of her. And I, I'm pretty sure that girl, she either, she Wait, either a ruler or a yardstick. A, a, a yard, huge difference. A yardstick. And and oh my god, yeah, she beat the shower with the yardstick, and, and that little girl. I'm pretty sure something happened where she either kidnapped a kid, something fucked up happened with her where she went to jail, and you wonder why she went to jail, getting publicly embarrassed in front of a class of kids she doesn't even know. Like she'd walk in, oh neither, you never listen. She, like literally, she'd be holding onto a locker, getting the shit beat over with a yardstick. That would do it. <laughs> All right, well, Sam, this was uh, this was quite the treat. I have base calling in, so let me uh, let me let you go, so I could get to the bottom of a few issues with base, including uh, something that happened with uh, some baloney at the uh, supermarket that I want to talk to him about. But uh, but we'll, we'll we'll definitely have you back on soon. All right, Abe, thanks for having me. Hi, Abe. Yo, base. Hey, buddy. I needed to uh, get you on quickly to talk about something very important oh boy here comes the pendulum swing no 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 something very important i needed to bring up with you all right all right now as a fellow slob like i mean you and i are disgusting when it comes to eating right <laughs> okay just I'm, I'm not even going to tell you what my theory on this is but let me explain to you the story what happened and you tell me what you think was going on okay all right so i was at mariano's which is a great grocery store here in chicago it's you go there like what twice a week? I try to go there if I can. Like every time I talk to you, you're like headed to Mariano's or just leaving Mariano's. Love Mariano's. So I was buying some. I for some reason I like buying pepperoni because first of all, at my when I have it at my apartment, it doesn't go bad. Like you could eat pepperoni for what like a month. Yeah, it's a cured meat. So yeah. do you buy it from the deli section or do you buy like the uh, no the deli the back? Here's another life hack, you know, like the uh, retention department, buying ugly watermelon stuff, you know, the stuff I like to give <laughs> listeners. Uh-huh. If you buy pepperoni and tell them to slice it thin, you get like one pound of pepperoni is like, um, it looks like, you remember that game Jenga that you play with the blocks? Yeah. That's how high one pound of pepperoni is. Yeah, it's almost like a booster, Steve. <laughs> it's like ridiculous. It's, it's probably like... 
eight inches of pepperoni by the time yeah. they slice it. Like all the way, it's huge. Yeah. So if you're looking to get some some kind of lunch meat, I recommend buying pepperoni. So anyways, I'm buying pe- and, and I'm not even going to tell you what I think about this, but I think you and I will be on the same page, okay? So a lady was buying bologna, okay? <laughs> and the whole time she kept saying, oh, can I please see the slices? My aunt only likes eating it a certain way. My aunt, she she has to have it this certain way. It ha- She's going to yell at me if it's not cut exactly right. So that the lady- so the lady cuts it, and then, and you're right, and that's where I'm going with this. So she kept mentioning, just, just got to be real thin. I, my aunt, she's going to be upset. She's going to be upset. So what does she do? She buys two pounds of the bologna and gets them wrapped up in separate packages. Oh, man. So if it's really just for your aunt, like, so if it's really just for your aunt, wouldn't you get her two pounds in one package? Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm gonna go to the next aisle, put it all in one bag, one price. And how much fucking bologna does her 80 year old aunt eat? Like, do you know how much two pounds of bologna is for an 80 year old? One pound of bologna. One pound of bologna is enough for about two. Doesn't an 80 year old literally, when they eat a sandwich, isn't it two slices of Wonder Bread and one slice of meat? Like a it's super. It's not good... even meat. It's like it's a tuna fish. <laughs> no, but if they eat lunch meat, wouldn't it be like one slice of bologna for the whole sandwich? Yeah. Like, I know when you eat a sandwich, you probably put on, like, 15 pieces of meat, but if you're... Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's layered. I, I try to do, like, the Subway thing, but for just one, like, one little slice of bread, and I'll just go through the whole, like, <laughs> four slices here, I'll put a cheese slice in the middle, and yeah. some more. <laughs> like, it is down to a science. But this this 80-year-old aunt, because she mentioned, oh, she, because some black guy next to her, he goes, yo, <laughs> yo, how old is your auntie? And she goes, uh, 84. <laughs> here, 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 here's what I'm saying. There's no way that all of that bologna was for her aunt. And most likely, no. she likes eating bologna that way. Of course. Only she does. Yep. She loves her bologna cutters. And, and, and I've talked about this a million times, but I'm embarrassed a lot of the time when I get a disgusting food order and I say, extra mayo for my dad. My dad it's likes it with extra the mayo. the way you liked it. This is my dad. Oh. You know what? Could you put on another seven ounces of mayo? Because my my dad's going to be mad. He's really disgusting. <laughs> I just want to be on the safe side and make sure all bases are covered. And see, this is coming from someone who lies. So I know. I know the game, lady. You know, this, you can't you can't count a card artist. Exactly. Like I knew the minute I heard her say that, I'm like, oh, fuck. She must be a listener. <laughs> Maybe she is. <laughs> But, that, but but although I, I will say this, every time I've gone to the deli counter, I go there quite frequently now, and I always get puzzled by the question. And they're like, "How would you like it sliced?" Well, yeah. I don't really know how you slice. You want things, it a sixteenth or a thirty second? No, they're like, dude. They always go, "Do you like it like this?" They just show you like a, a random slice. You're like, uh, "Sure." Are you the, really are you the guy that, that who always eat? Are you the one who always eats a slice first? I know you are. I'm if, sure if you hand, are. If they hand it over, I will slap it out of their hands like I'm doing a drug deal. <laughs> I just see you though. Like, let me let me try it. Like, I, I feel like you're one of those. I, I will. Do, I will do that. Oh God! <laughs> are you kidding me? That's like that's like having the fun of going to like a deli. Like, let me try and slice that. Let me try and slice that. <laughs> like when you're at the deli, well, you're I, there my, to eat my lunch. Opening, my opening bit is: What do you guys recommend? Look, <laughs> okay, I try it. Knowing full well what I'm pretty much getting there, but I like when they go, oh, you should try this one. We have this new flavor. Let me try it. 
Aren't they? Isn't it like when uh, the girl in in the old woman in Wedding Singer when she made the meatballs, and she, her the, the her most favorite thing was watching him eat the meatballs. Yes. Isn't that kind of how a lot of the deli people are like? Oh, I just oh look at this big guy. I bet he loves eating. He oh, loves God. eating all these different meats. Trying to give me a slice. I'm always like, all right, let me get a pound of that. This is my most favorite part is watching this slob eat this corned beef. <laughs> Don't mind if I do. Well, I've always wanted in my adult life to go to a grocery store and have the guy come from around the counter and go, I got something just for you. <laughs> like, that's the kind of relationship I want with myself. I want yeah. that guy to be like, first name basis, and I just specially ordered this meat because I knew you'd like it kind of guy. All right, Daniel. get, get Daniel, meet me over here. I got something yeah, just yeah. for you. Can you give me one second, Daniel? I got something just for you. And then he goes in the back. He opens up this little mini fridge. There's this no, like. I, I, I want. I first. I wanted to start off by him texting me in the morning, saying, "I got this for you." <laughs> no, that's too much. No, I would want. Hey, I got this for you. I'm saving a pound for you. You're gonna love it. No, it's better if you're in, a regular. I don't, pull, I don't even need to pull the number. And he's already handing me a, a sample of it. That's the, <laughs> that's the relationship I want with my deli guy. I got this yak meat that you're just going to love. Yeah, it, it's made out of five smoked different kinds of pork. This is great. This is <laughs> this is treated yak meat. This was this was smoked in a in a snake pit. <laughs> flavored bacon that was wrapped around in a by the smoked pit. flesh of an anaconda. Yeah, yeah I burn <laughs> up that extra snake skin, and it really you, you could taste it in the yak meat. You could taste that it was in the mouth of a pig while I was being, while I was rotating on a spit. But but it's like he gives you like the shh, you know, like the shh sign so that no one else knows yeah. about it. And he pulls yeah. out. It looks like it looks like a little like like pretty much like did you ever get to the end of the turkey when they're slicing it that that end part like that's the all butt, he has yeah. and it's wrapped in like a, a hand towel and he yeah. has it he has it in some refrigerator somewhere and he pulls it out. He's like shh, let me cut this up for you. You, you yeah, like you like opens, it real real thick, right? Fridge, there's like a there's like a smoke that like bellows from it. You like your pieces of meat to be like pieces of bread, right? You like that oh, kind of thickness. And I always say a little thicker, a little thicker. Oh, you like your meat thick? Well, I was told because I'm trying to become friends with this one guy at the deli that he said more of the flavor of the meat you can taste, the thicker you get it. Oh yeah, that's what he said. Oh, so you are friendly with the guy at the deli? I'm trying to be. <laughs> but the problem is the Mariano's that you and I both frequent for some reason that deli counter it is hit as if there are people in line trying to buy Metallica tickets. there's always <laughs> like 40 people in line and it's a disarray and there's 8 people angry going this is ridiculous there has to be a better way of cutting meat right in 2016 yeah. yes because I mean, they've been cut. They literally nothing has changed as far as meat cutting since I was a little kid. No, nope. literally not. It, the, the the ticket boot thing is exactly the same. The way they cut it, everything. And there is nothing worse that when you're waiting like a good twenty minutes to like get in that line and finally get yours, and the person in front of you, they go to that person like number forty eight, and they put their hands on the counter and do the whole like tap the fingernails, going, "Let's see." Well, come on, man. You've been here for 20 minutes. Yeah, like that Kirby Enthusiasm where she's buying the ice cream. Yeah. Hmm. Let's see. Let me try by the time, vanilla. By the time they say my number, I'm like, half pound of turkey. My number. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know everything I want. You're staying there for an hour. 
yeah. what kind of cheese you got? What's on <laughs> sale? And they always say that too. Hey, what's on sale? Yeah. Let me get well, a pound of cheese. Look at the red tags that we've all been staring at for the last half an hour. I think you can kind of get a grip on what's for sale. And they're always very vague too. Let me get meat. <laughs> hey, let me get a pound of meat. What kind? No, they always go, uh, what kind of cheese do you got? What well, do you got? Red and white? Guys, what are you looking at here? Yeah. You got American. Oh, cheddar. The yellow or a white. I'm not sure which one I like better. I get either red or white meat. You mean turkey or ham? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> People are so dumb. Can I get a pound of black? What's that? Roast beef. <laughs> Yo, let me get a pound of black and a pound of white. <laughs> <laughs> So let me get a let me get a Neapolitan. Yeah, yeah, a some Neapolitan. Black, yeah, bread, yeah, ham, ham, roast beef, and turkey is a Neapolitan. <laughs> hey, uh, let me get a Neapolitan sandwich. You know, <laughs> we should we should create that base. That's a great idea. A Neapolitan sandwich. Yeah, just ham, turkey, and, and uh, roast beef. I'm down. <laughs> it's called the Neapolitan. I'm pretty sure I've had that combination. Because you know, at the Bunny Ranch, the Neapolitan is a redhead, a blonde, and a brunette. Now, that's, that's my on, friend. That's now, on, that my friend, you're not going to find at the deli counter. That's on their menu. <laughs> their bunny menu. Menu. Would that be great? The Neapolitan sandwich? We just created it. I mean, it's, be- it's a known sandwich, roast beef, turkey, and ham. But, like, you know, giving yeah. it that name takes it to the next level. That would be. It'd be like all of the Reuben. Just kind of put them all y- in You're right. You're right. Category. Hey, let me get a Reuben and a Neapolitan. A Reuben. <laughs> Neapolitan. That's awesome. <laughs> Hey, I told you my car got hit by a truck, right? Yeah, you just told me that recently. Yeah, so I'm driving downtown. I'm at a red light. This scumbag, he's in a semi truck. He's turning. He's like turning in, and out of nowhere, he just starts backing his truck up into the middle of a busy street while I'm parked at the red light. Smashes into my car. Keeps coming. I'm beeping the horn. He didn't hear me. And he has this scumbag um, insurance company called Sentry S E N T R Y Select Insurance. That's Sentry. S-E-N-T-R-Y select insurance. So never, ever get Sentry select because this douchebag named Randy called me. He's like, hey, Abe, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm finishing my investigation. He's like, we do think that you're partially at fault for this because you should have known not to be next to a truck. I said, I, I said, I said, I'm on a busy street at a red light, and he just started backing his truck up. Who backs yeah. their truck up in the middle of a busy street? He's like, well... You know, he couldn't see you. Yeah, no shit, because he didn't look. He just started backing his truck up on at base. I was on Canal and Taylor. Oh, my God. I know exactly where that is. Two main streets in Chicago. Like, you can't just back your truck up. No. I helped this fuck pull his... So after this, he was about... He's like, let me pull my truck back. I'm like, wait a minute. Let me guide you up. Because he started backing up. He would have hit another five cars. So anyways, this douchebag Randy from uh, Century Select, the worst insurance company ever. Well, I could offer you 70%. I'm like, what do you mean you're going to offer me? I'm like, it was 100% his fault. He's like, well, I think it's partially your fault in my investigation. And I said, okay. Take your investigation and shut up here. Yeah, I'm like, well, no. He's like, well, you know, we can talk. Like, what do you mean? And and this is what I literally said. I wish I, because he was taping me. I wish I had the tape. I said, he goes, well, Mike, you know, I said, well, okay, give me 95%. He's like, well, I go up to 73%. I'm like, what is this, Pawn Stars? I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I said, I'm, I'm not selling a guitar 
and I'm going to say a thousand, and you're going to say three dollars, and we meet at five hundred. I said, "What's what are you what are you trying to negotiate?" Like, well, I'm at seventy three right now. I'm like, "Okay, ninety eight percent or something." He goes, "Okay, I get up to seventy seven. And then he eventually he's like, "I'm like, dude, this isn't Pawn Stars. You're not Chumley." And this is what I really said to him. So you're not. This isn't Pawn Stars. You're not Chumley. Tell me exactly what you're trying to tell me here. I'm not playing your game of, of like negotiating against myself. Well, I could get yeah. up to I could get you eighty percent and I get you eighty percent of the rental car. I said, but wait a minute. It's not my fault at all. That's where I'm at right now. If you want to come back with something else, I'm like, all right, whatever. And then and then I just went through my insurance company. And now now the insurance company told me I have to pay my five hundred dollar deductible and I might not get it back for three to seven months because they have to go to mediation with these fucking idiots. Uh, so this fucking idiot. And see, so, they, they got you by the balls because you're not going to, I mean, they're trying to avoid what you're just about to go through. If you threaten a lawyer, you got to pay for a lawyer. Yeah. And you got to go through all that crap. Meanwhile, your car is not getting worked on until that shit all goes down. But I, th- I think the estimate was like 2700 and And I'm sure once they like go back through it, because I the estimate was for like Chevy parts. Instead of getting the rim like fit like refurbished, it was a brand new rim. So I'm sure once it gets down to it, the, the estimate's going to come way down anyway. Yeah. So these fuckheads would have probably for maybe it'll probably get down to two thousand or under. So eighty wow. percent. So for them to save like three to four hundred dollars, they're going to send their guy to to the, the, like the mediation or whatever it's called and yeah. all this shit. Like, hey, dumb fucks, just give me my money. Yeah, it, it's never that simple. Eh? I can't. Sorry, Abe. I'm at eighty percent. I, I wish I could punch this guy in the face. And I like the guy who. who and, and I'm like, so the guy. I forgot the guy's name, but I took a picture of his license. The guy who hit me. I'm like, all right. I'm gonna call Philip right now. I, I need to discuss with him what he said to you in his interview because he told me it was his fault. He was apologetic, and the guy started getting scared when I said that. I'm like, I'm gonna tell him you told me to call him because he didn't give. He's like, I didn't say that. I I didn't. All I said is that your statements don't match. Um. It doesn't match. Could you imagine right, showing well, up? The back of your truck is the front of my car. If you compare the two, any judge in the entire world would see that you are 100% at fault. That's what my insurance company said, too. They're like, this is a joke. Like, this this Century Select Insurance, S-E-N-T-R-Y, they're like the biggest scumbags ever. And they, they're, they're like, they don't, they're just trying to get out of a little bit of money. Well, first of all, you got to understand this. Truck drivers, I am sure, have a really, really, really bad insurance rate no matter what they're doing. So these guys are insuring truck drivers for a living. Their number one job is to make sure they don't say we're 100% fault. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. I, but I'm sure, like, at least three times a month that uh, truck drivers get into some kind of accident. Oh, more than that. Three times a month? I'm sure three times a day. No, no, I mean each driver. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like, At any point, when, they, when that guy says, I'm going to reverse this semi, and there's nobody behind me to make sure that there aren't any cars in and around the parameter, I'm pretty sure he's used to hearing that crunching sound. I have an idea. Why don't all trucks have cameras on the back like we have on our cars, like those back cameras? That would be genius. I mean, they, they, it's time to update this shit. I agree. It's so dangerous. You got this big truck, and even says, like, don't sit in my blind spot or I'm going to run you over. Like, no, that's not how it works. (laughs) I always have to be in fear of a truck. Like, you know, know, okay, so the city has bike lanes. 
Why don't they have truck lanes? Trucks should have they to be should. in a certain lane. They should. And they're not supposed to be on the main streets anyway. But, I mean, I have no problem with truck drivers. I'm just saying. Like, this guy, like, I know a lot of truck drivers. It's, it's you know, you can make a good living. A lot of good guys drive trucks. I'm just saying this guy in particular, completely oblivious to what's going on, giving truck drivers a bad name. Now, more, most truck drivers, all they want to do is go on the road, go to rubmaps.com, get a quick hand job, and, and be on their way. You know, when you break it down like that, actually sounds kind of glorious. <laughs> selling selling some of their stock out of the back. Yeah, just driving, listening to radio, stopping at a rest stop. There has to be a lot of scams, right? Getting a rim job from a toothless wonder. That sounds like an okay kind of gig. I mean, if you're a truck driver, can't you at least steal like one? Because I know when I worked at Walmart when I was 16, they would get these trucks in, and it was just random boxes. Like It was just a truck full of boxes in no order. Like, Can't they steal at least one of everything? I'm sure they do. I mean, like, can't they go and be like, oh, that one's for me? (laughs) Even to to tell me a guy who's driving like a... Truck like Coca Cola, and they're like just grabbing them by the case. <laughs> like, are you really going to go to a gas station and buy yourself a Coke when you're hauling about a million cases of them? <laughs> did you? Uh, you voted, right? I voted. Did you? Did you notice that a lot of the people in line to vote look like they haven't left their house in like seven years? Oh my god. And not just that, but, like, everybody comes with them. Like, little kids are there. Well, wait, hang on, hang on. I'm glad you brought little kids. Yeah, like, they'd be wearing slippers and, like, a shirt that says, like, I'm with Stupid or I Love New York or I'm on vacation with stains all over it. And it was, like, I would say about 80% of them were wearing sweatpants. Oh, they were all wearing sweatpants. They don't don't leave their houses, a lot of them. I don't understand that look. But there was this um, this lady. She had an eyebrow. Like, it was a white lady who who sounded black. Yo! Like she, she had a voice, you know. And uh, her daughter, her daughter was 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 black, like half black, whatever. And she kept yelling, "Shay, Shay, Shay, Shay!" Like she kept trying to make a scene with her daughter. And then she's like, "Shafe, Shafe, why?" And then and then and then, and then so the little girl, the, the little girl was cute actually. She was just like running around, like marching around. And this mother, for some reason. In a long line, she had to make a big scene with her daughter. And, and she goes, I can't stand when you be showing out in public. Aww. I can't stand when you be showing out. In, what does that mean? You be showing out. Showing out. Does that mean yeah, showing I, off or something? I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand that way now. I can't stand when you be showing out in public. Like, why does this lady have to make such a big spectacle? Like, if I. If I and, and, and so her. So that's what happened. Her daughter was throwing out garbage. Or no, she threw something out. And she just threw it on the ground, and the mother's like, Shafe! Shafe! You gonna pick that up right now and throw it in the garbage? And then of, little- course, of course, you're at the polling place that has this. <laughs> exactly! Like, if anybody's gonna experience this in a polling spot, it's you. But, like, why? And, and I remember I asked Jay the Gay this, because I know Jay the Gay was... in, in Like, he, he his voice... Like, like uh, he even admit, like, his voice sounds different now since he's, you know, out of the closet being gay. Like, he didn't, like, he has a little bit of a different voice now. Yeah, he let his, he let his skirt go. Like, yeah, like, his voice was just more straight ahead. So, and then he explained to me that's because he's always around all these old queens, all these twinks, 
all these fabulous gay guys. And it kind of just like I remember Sludge, him and I were in Richmond for a little bit. And one time he said, y'all. I'm like, what? I'm like, what did you just say? He's like, oh, my God, I just said y'all. So I guess when people are around a group of people, and, and like like we said, uh, Patrick Kane, who's from Buffalo, New York, he talks like this, eh? Like he's hanging out with all Canadians, eh? So he always talks like he's Canadian. So I guess well, I remember. I remember when uh when I, when I used to work in Connecticut, they had an Israeli guy play for the uh, college basketball team UConn, and his roommate was uh, Kevin Holly. So when they went to the interviews, the guy had like a monster game. Like how that you know how you feel about that game? He was like, yo, I did all right. And I was like, <laughs> Yo, you are like ten weeks away from Tel Aviv, and you're talking like that already. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Or like you hear the Birdman or Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. Yeah. What's up, y'all? Thought uh, we was playing on top of pencil. Like, where is that coming from? But so I'm wondering, Chavez's mama, like, has she always had the black sounding voice? Because she's a white girl. So at what point does she start saying Chavez? Why you always be acting out on public? Like what, at what point? At what point? How did you like? I mean, I lived in Richmond. I lived in Miami. My, I I went to. Uh, I worked at Walmart. I mean, I've been around all kinds of random people. My voice has never changed. I've never picked up an accent. I think when you pick up an accent, it's done on purpose. Like Chavez's mama. It's done on purpose. I think when you're because it's interesting how it is because I moved around a lot as a kid. I was born in Birmingham, Alabama, and people did talk, but you start. Because other people start to talk like that, you feel like the outsider, and they kind of make fun of you, and you do your best not to sound like that, but it curves in It just does. I still remember when I first got to Richmond, this girl, I was at a bar, and she's like, you have a weird accent. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> it is, isn't it weird when you talk to someone and they think you have the accent? Yes. Let me make it very clear. I speak what's known as the King's English. <laughs> Actually, I don't. But no, I speak normal. Like, I speak a normal version of English. Oh, we have, I don't we talk like this, man. Y'all. We have, the, we have the Midwestern accent. That's considered, like, the ideal way to speak in America. Yeah, so, like, we speak the way... I mean, no, no, no offense to anyone who has any kind of twang. I'm just saying, when I speak... Like, my voice is... A standard voice. So when you hear me talk or bass, you don't tell us, You have a weird accent. Why do you, why you sound like that? Where are you from? Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I was just wondering how, how Chavez's mama... Why, first of all, why'd she have to make a big scene in line? Chavez! Chavez! Why are you always acting odd in public? I, I've never understood Showing that. Out. I've never understood that the outlet, like the the total, like make a scene in front of everybody kind of deal. I mean, even when I'm out with my kid and he's misbehaving, the last thing I'm doing is screaming out of his arm. Oh, I would never, I would never humiliate a kid like that ever. No, no, you just that's why that's why you pull him to the side. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah, I would I'm never. Not going, I'm not going, DJ. You get your little stamper out yeah. over here and start slapping him. His his name is Daniel Joseph. Not Daniel Jr. Oh wait, there is no. What's his middle name? Mark. What is it? Mark. Oh, that's right. I forgot. 
I forgot you just call him DJ because you wanted to call him DJ. That's not the, <laughs> his middle name. Well, no, I mean, when you name a kid Daniel, your name is Daniel. You kind of call him Daniel. There's uh, yeah, Dan Junior. I, I forgot. No, I forgot. But 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 you know what I'm saying like so. Daniel Mark, Daniel Mark, Daniel Mark. Yeah, like no, you wouldn't do I that. I don't even do that. I, I would never. If I would, here, put, let, let me let me let me say it like this. Let me say it like these. I love when people say that too before they say Yo, something. Say Yo, I'll say it like these. If I was ever out with DJ, I don't give a fuck. If he, if he pissed on someone's face, I wouldn't care. I would just grab, I'd be like, oh, I'm sorry about that. And then I would take DJ, I'd be like, hey, DJ, you know. And this is after we're back in the car. I'd say, hey, DJ, you're not supposed to piss on people's faces. <laughs> and guess what? He wouldn't piss on their face. You don't make a spectacle out of the kid. Like Chavez, little no. Chavez. Little Chavez no. just trying to kick it in the line. Laying on the ground, putting her hands all over the garbage can and shit. Putting well, her hands in her I mouth. I like think that we all live in a society that... Even though we are out with our family and our loved ones in a public place, we still don't speak to each other as if we are in our own home. Like, I do not want to hear your business. I don't want to. And don't look at me like I'm looking at you because you scream like a nutbag. Shafay! Shafay! Yeah. And what are you looking at? Well, you're the one screaming for yeah. other reason. Yeah, and you're in a I, place. How are you comfortable with that, too? There's a hundred people around you. Ha ha ha! Don't you ever be acting out up up in the hair. <laughs> Poor little Chavez. I hope Chavez makes something of her life despite having that asshole mother. Wearing Adidas, <laughs> Adidas pants with huge cut underwear where you could see the whole line. Yeah. Like they were skin tight pants, but she didn't, you know, she didn't know how to buy proper clothing. So like the lines were like it looked like um like popsicle sticks. They were so yeah. Chavez and her hair was tied back real tight. She 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 had on like her boobs were hanging out. I mean, what, what a role model for little Chavez. What a, cl- what a classic look. Shay! Chavez! <laughs> Don't you hate people? I, I, I was talking about this the other day who say, oh, I need to make an appearance. Oh, I just got to make an appearance. In, in other words, you know, oh, I have to make an appearance at this party and then I could probably meet up with you guys. No one gives a fuck about you making an appearance anywhere. And that no. goes for everyone. Everyone listening. No one cares if you make an appearance anywhere. And then it goes for me, too. No one wants me anywhere. No one cares if I show up anywhere. It's, no. not, it's not about you. No one gives a shit. That is totally correct. Unless oh. you are being paid to beat the place to make an appearance, and you don't need to make an appearance. Yeah, you either want to go somewhere or you don't go somewhere. You're exactly. not making an appearance. No one cares about you. No, yeah, no one's like, oh, this DA made a quick appearance. That was awesome. No, but it's usually like, yo, I got to make an appearance. Oh man, I got to make an appearance at this party. What do you mean? You're not. Oh, you're so not. You mean, you're so not. You mean we gotta we gotta go spend an hour with some dipshit that you have to pretend to like for about ten minutes? Yeah, just so we can get the hell out of here and go somewhere else that we want to go. You're not uh, Tila Tequila or something. Tila Tequila. You don't have to. Make- Oh, I make an appearance at uh, Spearmint Rhino in Vegas. That's an appearance. Yeah. They're getting paid to be there. You, Oh, I'm just going to stop in for five minutes and say hi. Don't go then. If you feel like you have to just stop in and say hi for five minutes, then don't show up at all. Exactly. No one wants you there. Like, Think about that. If you're going to a party, you either go or you don't go. If you don't want to go, then don't go. Oh, man. Oh, man. Ronnie's having a party. I got to at least make an appearance. No, you don't. 
You just don't go, fuckhead. And it's like it's like when the people are inviting you, yo, can you at least like you know just come through right quick? Come through. <laughs> oh, I just gotta make an appearance. Just gotta say yo, hello. I, what? Yo, I, I just I told the guy I was just gonna come through right quick. I I don't go places when I get invited somewhere. If I don't want to go, I just don't go. Yeah. Who cares? No one cares about me. I am at that stage of my life where I need to have somebody really tell me how to leave my couch. <laughs> like, it's not even about, like, I'm going to come through or swing by. It's like, what is so good that you are having where I actually would need to put on pants? I have no problem what going places. I have no problem at all going somewhere. I'm just saying that if you're going to go somewhere, then go there. Don't think you're this, like, guy with sunglasses on who has to just stop in for five minutes. Exactly. Oh, man, I got to make an appearance at basis party. Fuck. Yeah, but then I'll go out and do what I really want to do. How about this? Just do what you really want to do, dumbass. No exactly. one's wait. No one's waiting for you. Like, everyone thinks it's all about them. Oh, man, where's base at? When's base going to get here? Fuck. Where's base? Where's nine eight? Times out of, nine times out of ten, they're like, wasn't well, that a great party? Sure. <laughs> the best is when I forget. Like, but now, and here's another problem with me. I do lie a lot when people ask me to do stuff. I'm like, oh, I have to uh, go to uh, the CDs are out, and I have to pump re recopy them to the hard drive. <laughs> I sometimes I can't think of a good lie. So sometimes, Dude, sometimes, <laughs> whenever, whenever you start saying things like onto the hard drive, I know you're lying. <laughs> like whatever, automatically it sounds like you're you're, you're talking script. Yeah. It's, it's, I already know. I already know you're uh, you're doing your best to hightail out of there. That was always my go-to lie. Like if some chick was like wanting to do something, I'd be like, "Oh, I have to go to the radio station and I have to recopy everything to the hard drive." Like it doesn't even make sense. Like what? Why would I be in charge of that? Why would they leave that to me? Oh, I have to re- I have to take all the hard drives and recopy them over to a new server. What? Why? Why would I? Why would I ever be responsible? Why, yeah. For that? Why would Abe Cannon be in charge of that project? Oh fuck! And I act like I'm upset. Fuck! I got to go to the station and copy everything over. Fuck! <laughs> Doesn't even make sense. Doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's good. It's all the minute you start saying I, I have to go in and start uploading, people like, all right, see ya. Yeah, it, it, it sounds good. If, if it's something that people don't understand, it, it always works. Oh yeah. So, so try to think of something that. Oh, I have to. Um, I have to calibrate. I have to recalibrate everything. Oh, you, you do? Fuck. Fit, if you can put the words download, upload into a server, into the conversation. And calibrate. You've already, you've already like, put what's that to go. Calibrate's pretty good, though, because everyone's like, oh, you have to calibrate everything? Yeah, that's good, but I have to put everything back into a server. That just sounds like a, that sounds like <laughs> a lengthy project. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The server's down again. I have to go in, upload all the audio, then download it back in, and then I have to go ahead and re and and, and, put, and, and exit into the server and go through the back channels. All right, see, dude. Then they see a picture of me on Facebook, and it says checked in to Five Guys Burgers in Orland Park, Illinois, like nowhere yeah. near the radio station. And then it just says, like, for the comment for my usual. It says, "Oh, don't got much going on today, so I'm going to have a burger." Lazy. <laughs> it, it just says hashtag Lazy Days. Not not a stress in the world today. Just going to eat this burger and enjoy myself. That's funny. 
Pace, let's wrap it up on this. And I, I just recently thought about this. Do you know before the icon Shelly, which is the dog I had for 14 years, did I ever tell you uh, I, we had it? Not, we had another dog. I did not. Yeah, I guess I guess I don't talk about this that often because Shelly, you know, Shelly was it, it scarred me when when she died after 14 years of domination. It, it it did scar me as and and I've never got another dog. It's like those women who their husband dies and they never remarry. Sure. Like, like Shelly has set the bar to uh, a, a height that cannot be reached ever again. But before Shelly, there was another dog we had from when I was a little kid till I was like six or seven. Was and, it named Brian? <laughs> no. But now thinking about it in this, you know, everything's different now. I do realize that the name of the dog was kind of racist. <laughs> and I had, a, I had a cat named Blackie. Okay, Blackie, that that sounds racist too. It, it is very racist. When you're six years old and you got a black cat, you're really not very creative. <laughs> well, this is even less creative. So we had a little black dog, and her name was Spooky. That's not terrible. But Spooky. I mean, it, a little black dog, Spooky. It's not. I mean, it's, you have to really find like an old school black dude to be like, you know, that's messed up. What? What's your dog name, man? Hey, when I'm a little kid, and I go, has anybody seen Blackie around here? I was looking pretty bad. <laughs> Blackie. I'm looking for that cat, Blackie. Has anybody seen him? What's your cat's name, dog? Blackie. Blackie. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right. You might see him. It's a cat, and it's black. <laughs> All right, base. We'll wrap it up on that. We'll holler next week. Later, player. Thank you, Abe, for all the laughter. David Blaine, your magic is real and I believe in you.